Welcome back, everybody, to the EPL Boys Podcast. It's your boys, Logan, Matt, and JD back again to recap some Premier League games and to give you guys some segments and just to, you know, just have a good time with you guys. Matt, before I get to you, JD, did you make any money on any of your parlays over the weekend? All right. So I had a fantastic weekend of betting. I profited $366. Nice. Uh-huh. Profited this weekend, just this weekend. Now, the downside is only $20 of that was from soccer. Okay, so that's all we care about. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. So I'm just I'm I'm on a, he- I'm on a heater, down. so I'm hoping to transition I'm hoping to transition mm-hmm. the the college football and NFL bets, trying to transition that uh that good luck into soccer bets this coming weekend. Okay. Even though there's no prem this weekend, but all right. <laughs> Well, okay, sorry, sorry. It, the FA next Cup matches, action. do not wait. The FA oh, Cup oh, is coming around no. the corner. FA Cup bets. JD Yo, thrives FA, on no. FA Cup bets. I do thrive on FA Cup bets. Oh, my God. They're that so is, easy to call. That shit is going to be good. It, Matt, how was your it, weekend, buddy? Yeah, You know, it was good. I mean, before we get into the games, everything was very, very good. Um, but wait, how are you so confident in those FA Cup swings? Isn't that when all the oh, rotation happens? you don't know happens? the juice, Matthew. You don't know the juice. Dude, you, you, I, I scour those games uh, because you like team. The big teams put out their shittiest teams. It's great. Like, I, it's easier like earlier in in like the earlier rounds when it's like fucking Man City playing Luton Town, and, <laughs> and all of the matchups are like that. No, because you can literally put up. I, I literally won like a fifty dollar parlay on eight games, <coughs> and I just picked the correct winner of all eight games because they were all Premier League clubs versus League Two sides. It was oh, okay. it was so easy. Okay, okay, no, <laughs> but, that okay that makes sense. I thought you meant more along those like one off games, and I'm sitting here like, there's no way. Like, there's enough upset that happens in the EFL and the FA Cup where I'm just like, I would never put my money on any <laughs> team ever. Because then that's when you're going to get Luton Town upsets Manchester City, and I'm sitting here $25 burning a hole in my pocket. Like, Oh, I don't put $25 on one game. I put $5 on on an eight-team parlay. Yeah, that's what he does. He just knows League One, though. That's the thing. Like JD's knowledge of League One teams is just out of this world. Like No man knows to the championship better than this man. League Two, League Two, League One, and Championship – that's my bread and butter just from doing FIFA career mode rebuilds. Yep. Which don't Damn, get me wrong. I still gotta I still gotta stream those. I still gotta stream those. Yeah, you do. I was about to say, JD, you've you've shown me some of that those those FIFA career modes, and I'm sitting here baffled how Erling Holland ended up on the Philadelphia Union, but that's well, that it. that's that's a fake one. I I did the financial. <laughs> t- that that's that's not a that's not a real one. I do I do like actual like ones where I take a League Two team and, and hey, have man. them win the Champions League. Never say never. But let's get into these games. The <laughs> I, first game. I had to pay so much money for that. <laughs> the first yeah. The first game. Everton and West Ham ended in a one 0 victory for West Ham. Expected goals at West Ham winning one point two to point three seven. Possession was in Everton's favor sixty to forty. Shots was in West Ham's favor eleven to ten. As well as shots on target five to two. 
uh, Matt, I guess uh, Mr. David Moyes heard your calls for getting Mark Noble the fuck out of camp because Ben Rama played cam and Fort Alves played on the left, which feels like that was backwards. But hey, what, what the fuck does it matter? West Ham won. And Suchek scored again. I think he's their leading scorer now, which is – he th- that guy's fucking nuts. And there's reports that West Ham might be buying another Czech Republic guy. So they are turning into the Portugal <laughs> Wolves thing. It's Czech Republic and West Ham now. But Matt, yeah. West Ham, huh? Uh, you know what? It's I don't even know where to even start with this game. First of all, I don't know how to rate Everton. I don't. One week, we're, oh my god, they're back in the top four. Oh my god, Everton's going to make a push. And then they pull out a performance like this, and I'm sitting here like, what are you doing? Stop being the most confusing team in the Premier League, Everton. I want you to, whoa, like, whoa, like whoa, no, whoa. I, I can say that. No, I can say that clear as day. Everton are the most confusing team on paper because they have a lineup. They have a, they have the depth. They have, you know, they have England starting center backs, goalkeepers. I mean, hell, Dominic Calvert-Lewin's supposed to be the best striker in the league outside of Harry Kane. And then I don't know, like, I just don't get it. But this was a David Moyes masterclass because this was a one a goal off of a redirected shot. And then, hey, guys, we're just going to play defense. David Moyes with his 4-1-4-1 formation strikes again. Masterclass. Absolute masterclass. I, now, Leeds are the most confusing team in the Premier League. No, you that's are, you, no, no, no. You you cannot say that after all the shit you have talked about. Leads, leads are no, by far way more confusing than ever. They're just no, they're just bad. It, 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 <laughs> there, there's there's nothing confusing about a team that has one starting lineup and one formation. That's it. That there's nothing confusing about that. You know what they're you know what you're gonna get with leads. You're either gonna get five goals or you're gonna get five goals conceded. It's either one or the other. With Everton, it's a different. It's a different, I don't know. JD, help me out here. You have to see where I'm coming from on this. Yeah, no, no, no. I, we'll, we'll get to Leeds. We'll get to Leeds. But, yeah, we'll get to Leeds. And I do, I do, I agree with you, but we'll get to Leeds. But with, with this Everton-West Ham matchup, I, I am happy for West Ham because they finally figured out, like, wow, if we play the best starting lineup, we'll get a result. And granted, granted, this game should have been a draw. And what pisses me off is that I had this as a draw in my bets, and it should have been a draw. Not taking away from the fact that Thomas Suchek has had a great season, and this is these, these are the goals he scores. So I'm, I'm not taking that away from West Ham. It's just these two teams played to a draw. West Ham just just barely got it. But it was a good game. It, it was a good matchup, and I it's good to see that uh, James Rodriguez is back. He came off the bench. And, and it's, not like, it's not like Everton played a bad lineup. Yeah. Um. Just I Definitely don't know. If they, like, starting line, Bernard. Though. Yeah. It was. I mean, starting Bernard isn't great, but um, yeah. Sigurdsson has looked decent Especially recently. I, I think the biggest thing is West Ham started Darren Randolph in goal. Yeah. Which is hilarious, and hey. he kept a clean sheet, which is even more hilarious. He was he was one of my unsung heroes because he did he kept a clean sheet against Everton. Good for that guy. Good for that yeah, guy. I mean, Filling Fabianski's yeah. shoes. Good for that guy. I feel bad. I honestly, yeah. I feel I feel bad for Fabianski, dude. In warm ups. Pull, like pulls a muscle in his leg like that dude that's got to be such a tough way to start the year like start the new year at least oh yeah 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 not great not great at all but yeah they he came in and kept a clean sheet against everton which is not something uh a lot of goalkeepers can definitely say but yeah everton they are kind of hurt right now they had to start whole gate instead of um the fuck is this the, the fucking guy's name 
Michael Keane, that guy. Apparently, Everton's apparently England's <laughs> best center back. Yeah, okay. Um, also having to play Tom Davies instead of Allen definitely is not great, and having to play Seamus Coleman still, and he's about forty-seven, and then not having Dindy, they, they are kind of hurt, but like, I mean, they, I mean, they were outplayed by West Ham. I think, I think, I think they were slightly outplayed by West Ham. Not like you know incredibly, but you know. The results never lie, as as we like to say. Ball don't lie, results don't lie. But yeah, Suchek, I think, has been one of the signings of the season. Because how much was he? He had to only be like 15 mil. Yeah, he wasn't that much. I don't, I don't know exactly how much he was, but yeah, I don't, he, I don't he wasn't remember. breaking the bank for them. So no. if we're going by mob, we're looking at $13 million. Yeah, so, so that's his market anywhere value. between 10 and 20 is still a bargain. Oh, yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, that's uh, that's just really good business by West Ham and Kufal as well. It's been really good for them. That team is just it's it's getting better. It feels like Mister Moyes is figuring out his starting lineup more and more each and every single week. And hopefully, fucking Haller will not be their striker because he's he's obviously the weak link in this team right now. Because that guy's, I mean, it's just it's so weird because he has like such a good build for like a striker, but he just sucks, man. He just can't score shit. It just seems like he's just always in the way. But, oh well. They they win, not because of him, but in spite of him. But yeah, that game was, uh, kind of like JD said, a little bit kind of boring. A little bit kind of like they both played the draw, but then West Ham scrapped out a win. So good for them. But let's move on to the next game. Manchester United versus Aston Villa. Finished in 2-1 in favor of United. Expected goals had Manchester United win 2.46 to 1.56. Uh, Villa had more possession, 52 to 48, but... United had 19 shots to 15 and nine shots on target to five. Um, Matthew, I would like to start with you as a resident United fan. Um, you, you sipping the Kool-Aid, buddy? You drinking it in? Like, this is the part of the season where United always gets my hopes up and they're like, oh, oh here, you want, you, want, you, want, you want something to drink, kids? You, you like, hi, kids, do you like violence? Like... I'm sitting here like, oh, I don't know. I, but here's the thing. And this is like this year, I feel like is a little bit different compared to other years, only because United has options when it comes to like threats up front. And if Paul Pogba puts on a game like he did against Aston Villa, I, it's it's hard to play him out of the side. And honestly, if Ollie kind of figures out this diamond that he's kind of been flirting with, where you're still able to play both Paul Pogba, Bruno Fernandes, Fred, and Scotty McSauce all in the same lineup, you're giving Paul Pogba that opportunity to push forward with Bruno and not have to worry about giving up depth in the midfield. If he can find a way to make this all work, and you're seeing the struggles with the rest of the top of the Premier League. Like, you you know, Liverpool's been dropping the points they have. Everton, both in and out, in and out. Leicester, you know, they did grab a win this weekend, but they've also been inconsistent. Tottenham, inconsistent. Chelsea, a dumpster fire. Manchester City, kind of on their way back up. If United wanted to make a push for a title, this is the year. Because Liverpool, like I've made references into the past, are basically the Red Cross with how many injuries that they have and like the amount of players who are out of that starting lineup. If you're Manchester United, this is the shot you got to take. Yeah, that's that is a good point, Jetty. What was your thoughts on this game? I feel like you might have a little bit um, of a different opinion. <laughs> my uh, 
my thoughts on this game are I, somebody's got to teach Paul Pogba how to walk because he's tripping over his own two feet out there. I I just <laughs> you could talk about an arm on an arm, but you know that's just a natural defending motion. Uh, Paul Pogba literally trips over the calf of Douglas Louise, who's in front of him. So Douglas Louise does nothing. He's just running. Pogba trips over his over Louise's calf and then trips his own leg, and that's a penalty. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'd like. I'd like to. Re- Stone cold there. I, I'd like Definitely. to. I'd like to rebuttal for just a quick second. <laughs> we got a rebuttal. We was got a rebuttal. A, was it a soft? Was it a soft penalty? Yes, it was a soft penalty. It wasn't a penalty. It was a penalty. It was a soft penalty. He it was fouled a, himself. It was a very. He fouled himself. It was a very soft penalty. <laughs> <laughs> I can't laugh about this enough. It was a soft penalty. But it was a penalty. Like it was a penalty. I can't. He like fouled I, himself. I. You can't. The issue is, is Paul Pog was looking to break away from the defender, and as he's taking his strides, kicks Louise's leg. Yes, because Louise is pulling him back into him. Like he, Louise. Oh my god! No, he's not. They both have their arms on each other. Okay. Both of them okay, have their arms I, on I, each other. You're all welcome to look at the replay of this. Trust me. JD and I have looked, looked at, at enough I was about to say, JD and I have looked at this enough where I think JD we're was just like a done. forensic investigator apparently. Goddamn. <laughs> yeah, I, I I learned how to do the Twitter. I you know I did not know how to do the Twitter until today. You know what? Like I said, we we could spend hours talking about penalty, no penalty, soft call, incorrect call, but these are the bounces teams need to make if they want to push for a championship. Like, when Liverpool won last year, there were some iffy calls where it was like, eh, it was the end of the game, I don't know. They won by, like, 25 points. I'm talking at least along <laughs> the lines of <laughs> some games. Some games, they have they had very 50-50 calls. I'm not saying, I'm not taking anything away from the points total. I'm just saying, like, there were games where Liverpool had 50-50 calls that could have easily not gone their way but went their way. I'm just saying, you gotta take the opportunities given. And everyone makes the joke that Manchester United get the most penalties in the Prem, but let's be honest here, you get penalties by being in attacking positions and you force your defend you force their defenders to make errors. I, I think that's more of a compliment to Manchester United than anything. Mm. Okay. <laughs> I've said what okay. I've said. Okay. <laughs> I I have spoken my piece. <laughs> um I I don't I don't need to say my opinion. It doesn't matter. Uh, ultimately, United though I do think, regardless of the penalty, were the better team in this game. They they looked really good going forward. I think the Paul Pock was the best player on the pitch. He played exceptionally well. Um, Villa had their chances for sure. It was a very close game. It was a very tight game. It was a very entertaining game. But I do think United is it's 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 fair. Um, Martial getting a goal as well as Traore getting a goal as well for Villa. Who he's been, I, th- I he's been one of my f- favorite players to watch, Traore. Um, yeah, the game was really good. United now are joint top of the table with Liverpool uh, on the same on the same points now, actually with a game in hand as well. So the title race seems like it is it is starting to heat up in the Premier League, especially with Liverpool dropping points. And we'll get to Liverpool, trust me. Um, yeah, all in all, though, that was an awesome game. And I mean, shit, I'm I'm down to watch United play every single week if if games are that closely contested for sure. But next game, before you know, we, we argue until the cows come home about if whatever the fuck the penalty was, Spurs versus Leeds. Now, let's make fun of Leeds, because Spurs beat the shit out of them 3-0. Unexpected goal, Spurs won 2.53 to 1.16. 
Leafs had more possession, 63%. Spurs, though, with 37% uh, of the ball, had 20 shots to Leeds at 18 and 7 shots on target to Leeds at 5. Sun Kane and Toby out of viral scoring. Leeds not scoring anything. So, yeah, JD, uh, this is just kind of what Leeds are, man. I don't know. This is just this is this is who they are. Yeah, I, I mean they're full throttle. They're <laughs> they're gonna come at you with everything. They're gonna put a lot of shots on you. A lot are gonna be off target, but they'll occasionally have games where they score five. This was not one of those games. They were not clinical. They just they couldn't finish. And Tottenham, for as shitty of tactics as they play every week, <coughs> I I mean it it just worked for them this week. I I don't know. There, there's nothing else to say. Leeds, like we were talking about it beforehand. Leeds, you know exactly what you're gonna. Like you expect exactly what they're gonna put out. Like you know what, how they're gonna play, who they're gonna play. They have the same fucking lineup every week, and sometimes it works for them. And when it does, it really works. And when it doesn't work, they lose three nil, like or four nil or five nil. I, I just there's not too much to say about it. I mean they'll. They'll stay up, but um, yeah, they're not going to... I don't think at this point they're going to be anywhere close to Champions League. No, no chance. Matt, what do you think? You really want to ask me what I think about Leeds I United? do, I do. I'm very I'm very curious to see what you think about Leeds United. I have no idea where this is going to go. I'm telling you right now, I scour their fan channels, and I look all over their fan Twitter, and I just sit here, and I'm just like, it's starting to brew. The BL, the Bielsa out chance. The forums are starting to form. That's it. There you go. Is your honeymoon over? Is the Premier League everything you remember it was? You can't just play one system and expect it to work. I don't know. I think. Ma I think. Matt, how much? Go ahead. How much do you charge for rent? How much do you charge for rent? Um, currently, right. <laughs> well, hold on. Well, currently, right. I, I see. What's, I, what's the what's the rate? So I just bought a house, so that rate is actually going up because I have bills to pay and I need, you know. <laughs> what's now, the square footage? Because I know for sure they're not living there rent free. Oh, they're no. Oh my god. Now, honestly, this is one of those things. But you guys, you guys have already said it. It's this is just this is Leeds United. They will live by this and they will die by this. And Josie sat here thinking like they're not dumb enough to come directly at me and not leave anyone back there for the counter are they and then five minutes in he's like oh my god this is a field day Josie sat there licking his lips rubbing his hands thinking very evil things he wanted to do to the Leeds goaltender with all the counter attacking Tottenham did he lit who plays right into Josie's game plan that's stupid Josie's the best coach in the world when you um, when you play into his game the third plan. best coach in the world obviously oh well, they just you know <laughs> okay you know what it was a soft penalty and Bielsa doesn't know what he's doing there you go I'm done that's it <laughs> yeah this is just classic yeah I mean like Spurs you know what the fuck Spurs are gonna do whenever they got into the game they're just gonna absorb all that pressure like a sponge and counterattack like a motherfucker and Leeds was like, oh, 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 what if we just do what the fuck they think we're going to do? Maybe we'll win somehow. No, you won't, dumbasses. You fucking lost 3-0. Because you let probably the best counterattacking squad in the entire fucking league counterattack on your ass. They, they had like a third of the ball in 20 shots. Like, what the fuck? How do you get outshot? But How do you get outshot when, it, when you have twice, like twice the possession is in? Like, how? 
I don't understand that at all. Like, Spurs had 20 shots in almost a third of the ball. That's ridiculous, man. Leans are who we thought they were, and they are, again, just like how J.D. said, they're either going to score four goals or they're going to get five goals scored on them. Again, I don't care who they're playing. They're must-watch TV. They're entertainment at its finest. It's just beautiful to watch, and Spurs, you know, they they had a little bit of, of bad form there for a second, but now they are starting to find their winning ways again. And, yeah, with, again, Sun and Kane firing, and actually a different goal scorer, Toby Adevaro, a different goal scorer than Sun and Kane. That's actually crazy. I don't know when he the barely, fuck. He barely scored. I don't know when the fuck uh, that I can't even remember the last player to score a goal for them that wasn't Sun and Kane other than Toby in this game. I genuinely can't, but... A goal is a goal, nonetheless. Um, and yeah, that game was, again, thoroughly entertaining, but it's Leeds. What do you expect? Next game, though, not as entertaining. Crystal Palace and Sheffield ended up being a 2 0 win uh, in Crystal Palace's favor. Of course, you think Sheffield's going to win a game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, on expected goals, yeah. Crystal Palace won 0.6 to 0.32. Sheffield had more possession, 56% to 44. But Crystal Palace had more shots, 9 to 7, and more shots on target, 4 to 2. Uh, Jeffrey Schlupp and Eze scoring. And, yeah, Sheffield are probably the worst team I've ever seen in my entire life. They are, man, they can't fucking win anything. They couldn't win a scratch-off ticket. It's it's trash. It, I, I, I've, and, again, I, I said this last week. They're not a bad team. They finished, like, eighth in the Premier League last year. Now they literally can't buy a win. Holy shit, dude. Like, I don't know what the fuck Sheffield are doing differently this year other than them just not scoring. Like, they just can't score shit. Like, Every single game, they just they come out and they they have a good present a good like amount of the possession. They have a couple good shots on target, a couple good chances, and I, they they just can't score anything. And I don't really know what other way to describe it other than that they just can't. And it's it sucks to see, especially for a team with um. Now we're such a feel good story last year, but yeah, JD, they suck. But hey, Crystal Palace won two. Let's go for Crystal Palace. I guess I don't know. Yeah, it, it was it was good by Crystal Palace. I mean, the the Eberichi, uh as a goal was was really good. Um, like I, I I watched that live and it it was an awesome goal right before halftime. I mean, that just sealed it. That sealed the game two 0 <coughs> in the first half. I mean, Sheffield's not Excuse coming me. back. I at one nil down. You know, maybe you never know. Maybe they get a happen. point. Maybe out they get of a one one yeah. draw. Yeah, maybe they get a point out of it. But two nil down. This Sheffield team, no fucking way. I, I mean, betting on Sheffield this season is, like, betting on Shaquille O'Neal to go, like, over 50% on his free throws in any game back when he was playing in the NBA. I, yeah. I You just don't do it. Like, it's not going to happen. Like, <laughs> it's just not going to happen. I, I just, yeah, don't bet on don't bet on Sheffield. They're going to lose every game. I don't think they'll win once this season. Yeah. Matt, do you think they're going to win once this season? I think they'll get one win. I really do. I think that, I think, I think, I have this against just, two. Against two. I, I, you know, it's it's gonna be a shit show. It literally, it will literally be a shit show. It will be a it'll be a goal in the tenth minute or earlier, and literally eleven guys or ten guys all behind the ball for eighty minutes. That's I, that's how it's gonna oh, so be. Tottenham. Yeah, but you know, like I said, yeah, you I, they still have to play Fulham again. They still have to play Brighton again. They still have to play West Brom again. I mean, Liverpool I think. Again. I think Arsenal again. Like I said, I think Sheffield will get one win. I if they go without one win, we're talking about not just the worst team in Premier League history. I think we're talking about the worst 
team in top flight football ever if they can't grab one win. Hmm. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. They're it's possible. They're definitely up there cuz man, they just it doesn't matter what the fuck they do. They just can't score and even if they do, they end up conceding like two or three goals, so like what the fuck does it matter? Um and even against like Crystal Palace, a team that you think like theoretically they would have a decent chance against, they still were just like they they would uh, I mean like they really weren't that close cuz Crystal Palace, I mean, from the from the jump, Schlupp scored one like the fourth minute or some shit. They were like immediately yeah. down, and yeah, that's really all there is. All there needs to be said about it. Sheffield are maybe gonna win one game, maybe. Um, and Crystal Palace, yeah, they're okay. I guess that's the game really wasn't all that great. However, this this next game, Brighton three, Wolves three. This was a game. Expect the goals at Brighton winning two point four two to one point eight two. Possession was in Brighton's favor, 54% to 46. They also had more shots, 13 to 11, but the same shots on target, 4 to 4. JD, what the fuck was this game? I didn't expect this at all. Dude, I, I figured this would be a good game. Um, I didn't think it'd be this good of a game. I mean, just just everything about it, all the goals. I mean, I mean, um, Neil Mope scored literally... 15 seconds after the second half restart like mm-hmm. that's fucking awesome I, I i'm just mad because i also had wolves winning this game in my bets but um <laughs> and i i think they should have but i i just i don't know i think this is pretty even when it comes down to it i the stats show that that it was it was pretty even um i think three three is probably fair on the day but uh mm-hmm. very interesting game i'm glad i watched it yeah it was a very interesting game matt um yeah, I'm just gonna ask you the same question. What what the fuck was your take of this game? Because it it just kind of came out of nowhere, like six goals in this game. It kind of just came out of nowhere. But in my opinion, this is one of the games of the season. Like with the way both of these teams played, both of these teams re- they both went for it. Really, no team sat back. And I mean, this is just fun. This is fun football for your neutral fan. I mean, if you're a Wolves or if you're a Brighton fan, this this game probably just ripped your heart out in some way, shape, or form. But, I mean, for a neutral, this game had to be great. I mean, I had an absolutely wonderful time. This was the midday showing, and I was worried that, ugh, two teams, lower part of the table, oh, this game's probably going to suck. Never mind that. This game was absolutely wall-to-wall action. And anytime Lewis Dunk gets on the score sheet, I'm all about it because he, in my opinion, is one of the hardest-working men in the Prem. And you know what? He's always on the end of those uh, corner kicks. He's always on the end of them. Like, him and Virgil van Dyke are literally, like, those two are always at the end of corners. And it's just, it's good to see that he is still loyal to, you know, his childhood club. He's been there since they were in the third division of English soccer, which is a huge story on its own. And you know what? Yeah. I think this is really – this shows more, though, in my opinion, for Brighton. Making the comeback, being down two goals against a really aggressive Wolves side. The biggest question I have to ask for, though, is Adama Traore. You had such a good game against Manchester United. Why have you fallen off the face of planet Earth again? Like, I really don't want to see this. I feel like Adama Traore this summer was almost sold for, like, $70 million, and I don't even know if he's worth half that anymore. And it's cr- incredible mm. that a guy who was toted so, touted so high being like, oh my God, he's probably one of the most aggressive right wings in the league. 
I don't even know if he breaks into a lot of teams starting lineups in the top six or eight of the Premier League just because of his inconsistency. He, yeah. He played really well today, though. I, or in this game. He played... I thought he played really well in this game. I don't know. I just... I feel like... Like, he didn't, he didn't show... He didn't show on the stats, but he his dribbles, his dribbling, his passing, his vision was uh, I thought was amazing. I don't know. I just I him going an entire year without scoring a goal, and I understand like from where he usually plays, especially with that like link up he has with Jimenez, he's usually the guy crossing it in. He's not usually the guy scoring, but with this guy's raw power and speed, he should just be running at defenders. And unless it is an Eric Bailly or a Virgil van Dijk, someone who can keep up with his physical, you know, attributes attributes and his pace, like, dude, I just feel like either the game plan's not right or there's just something mentally not right at the moment for Adama Traore. And I really I think he needs to I think he needs to kind of like just hit the cleanse button and kind of start over. Maybe don't put as much oil on the arms as, you know, he's doing. <laughs> Yeah, them bitches well, is um, straight the, oiled up. Well, the other thing was the last kick of the game. Wolves could have won it. Adama Traore dribbled down the right and put in a perfect cross, perfect cross for uh, Odasawi, who, American teenager, um, wish it wasn't him on the end. Literally any other Wolves player, a seasoned, like, you know, lots of experienced player, probably would have scored that and Wolves would have won 4-3. But it's unfortunate, but I, I put that down to Traore playing well in that sense like he he got there he got to the byline put a perfect cross in right when the game needed it to win the game and unfortunately the guy on the end of the cross couldn't you know convert but i i i, th- I don't know i thought he played really well you you're right he's very inconsistent he, he's very inconsistent he really needs to work on his consistency but to this game i thought he played great yeah I I mean I I didn't watch the game unfortunately I just saw the highlights and the highlights were crazy um yeah Connolly getting on the score sheet as well Mope with a penalty and Dunk scoring uh Burn unfortunately having an own goal and also gave up the penalty it's not a really great great game for Tan oh, yeah, Burn he, at all. oh he had a horrible game oh he was yeah and then uh Nevis scoring the penalty then Sai scoring their only open play goal but um yeah I actually think Brighton were probably the better team in this game I think Wolves kind of got a little bit more. A little fewer lucky breaks with kind of Burn having just a shocker of a performance. So, I mean, but to be fair, Brighton have had a lot of games this season where you feel like they they could have won or maybe they should have won, and then somehow they just managed to to just get a point out of it or not or not get any points out of it. So, um, like, yeah, like that time Manchester United got a penalty after the full time whistle blew. In the Brighton, Man you know, game. I I if completely the, forgot that even happened this year. Dude, that felt foul, like so fucking long hold ago. Hold on, hold on, hold on. But if the foul happened before the final whistle, we deserve to review it. But but the final whistle blew. That blows the game dead. I don't think VAR I, can step I, in after that. I'm telling you right now. I'm just I. I, no, you, you could say what you could say you could say what you want. There was literally an issue in the Bundesliga where both teams went to the locker room and then VAR brought yeah. them both back out of the locker room. That's when it's too late. See, that's ridiculous. Hmm. That's ridiculous. Yeah, that, 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 it's, guys, no, it's, that's the same situation. We are, we are not having this argument three months after the game happened. <laughs> it's it happened. Everyone said their piece. Let's move on to a different game. Arsenal, look. Look what happens when you play good. You win these games 4-0 over West Brom. I know it's West Brom, but Arsenal fucking played their asses off. Expect the goal side Arsenal winning 4.03 to 0.87. 62% of the ball. 
21 shots to 7, 12 shots on target to 3. Tyranny Saka and Lacazette had a brace. And just whenever you think they're out, they are currently 3 points behind Chelsea. And I think 10 points outside of the top of the fucking league right now. Uh, JD, I'll ask you this. As a resident Arsenal hater, do they have time to finish like 7th? Uh, seventh, I mean, sure. The way the rest of the table's going, yeah, sure. I, I mean, yeah, they're on a run of form, like, for sure, but they still haven't really addressed their main issues. They've just, they, I guess they've just been playing better, but that's not saying much, like, based on how they were playing. Yeah, they went 4 nothing against West Brom, and it's West Brom, let's be honest. And I know Liverpool literally just drew them, but they're not a great team. And Arsenal, on paper, should be a good team. Um, I know they have like a lot of injuries, but more what I took more out of this game, what I found more interesting was was this was the first time in a while that we got to watch a snow game and a true snow game. Yeah, where like, it was a great snow game. Like I can't I can't imagine playing in that game. Like that that'd be it was so fun to watch, but like that must have been hard as shit to play in that game. Like I I don't want to say that the conditions may have gone in one team or the other's favor. But like that, it really affects the players. I when you when you have very low visibility, like visibility. I mean that I, I I I don't see maybe I don't see that game playing out the way it did if there's no there's, there's not a fucking blizzard in the match. Mm. Yeah, that's fair. Weather but. does always play a factor, especially yeah. And I was also really hyped for the snow, and then like it it seemed like they cleared out the snow for the first half, but then the snow was like, wait a minute, we're gonna keep falling, and it it was all over the place towards the end of the first half. Matt, do Arsenal? I'll ask you this and say, what is this this Arsenal team's peak? Where do you think is the highest this team now can finish? Because they have had a couple of good results in a row. They needed this. They're starting to heat up whenever some teams are starting to struggle to find a little bit of form. How how high is this team's peak? I mean, it, it, it's as far as these kids will take them. I mean, that's that's the real thing. I mean... The kids are running the show. It, it really is crazy. Tyranny, Sokka, all these young lads are just... It's amazing to see that, oh my god, it only took Arsenal to play with a bunch of kids for them to actually really have hope and faith. And it really helps that someone like Lacazette's finally finding the net. If this guy can find the net consistency, consistently, he's a top five striker in this league. And I can say that with ease like if Aubameyang and Lacazette could actually find the time to link up with each other Arsenal are a top six team we sometimes forget Arsenal are a top six team if they start playing like a top six team we've already described Man United is in a title charge maybe because the fact that the rest of the table is kind of just all over the place so it's as far as these kids and Lacazette can take them, but I think the biggest worry and concern I will have with Arsenal is can that back line stay consistent, one. And then mm. two, Aubameyang, dude, this was another game where I'm sitting here like, where is this guy? He's got he's to gotta get on the score sheet. His only goal of the season so far, one of his only goals of the season so far, cannot be a penalty. Like, he's got to start banging in these goals. The offense is their be- is the best for Arsenal when Aubameyang is on the score sheet. And they need your yeah. top guy on the thing. It's the same thing Salah at Liverpool, Harry Kane at Tottenham, Bruno Fernandes at Man United. 
when your best player is on the score sheet, the rest of the team feels it. And that's yeah. what I think Arsenal are missing that will take them to that next level. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And right now, I think Arsenal's player is actually one young Saka. That guy is, that kid is fucking unbelievable. I, I And I would talk about him in my hot take later. But he is literally just freaking willing this team to wherever, at least offensively, he is like willing them for it. I mean, I know, I know Tyranny had a stupid goal earlier, or a, a stupid first goal. Like that goal was just, as a left back, you're not supposed to score goals like that. You're just not. And he, I mean, he just fucking one on one beat whoever the fuck West Brom had it right back. I, I genuinely couldn't tell you. And just fucking was like, you know what? I'm just going to fucking hoof it. And hoof it, he did. And it put them up early. Saka scoring and then Lacazette getting a brace. This offense is starting to move. I think Emil Smith Rowe is actually a pretty pretty good young attacking midfielder who will only get better with time. So maybe they don't really need Mesedozo. Maybe they have their cam and maybe they won't buy one in, in January, which who knows. But yeah, Arsenal, good performance. They've won again. Just whenever you thought that Arteta was out, Arteta is now fully in. He's fully backed and. Arsenal are hitting the form whenever they need to. Next game, though. Leicester and Newcastle ended 2-1 in favor of the Foxes. Expected goals had Leicester winning 0.7 to 0.26. They have more possession, 57 to 43. More shots, 8 to 9. And more shots on target, 3 to 2. Madison Atilaman scoring for Leicester. And Andy Carroll, remember him, scoring for Newcastle. JD, are Leicester for real this time around? Because, you know, last year they did, unfortunately, fall out of the top four race. Do you think they can stay up in the top four this year? Um, I I think they'll be pushing for top four. I think that'll be tough, but I I think it's very reassuring from a Leicester per- perspective that when Jamie Vardy isn't scoring, you have really good attacking midfielders. Like mm. James Madison's goal was awesome. Yuri Tielemans' goal was even better. I, I just when you when you can have players come from deep like that. And, well, Madison's probably usually high up, but Telemans, like coming from deep and, and hitting like an outside the box shot like that, I, I mean that's only beneficial. And yeah. when Vardy can't can't score, when Harvey Barnes isn't scoring, it's really good when you can count on your other players that maybe don't score as much, uh, like especially with 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 Yuri Telemans. Uh, it, it's very reassuring, I think, from a lesser perspective that they'll they'll at least make Europa League this season, if not yeah. challenge for top four. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's hilarious that Andy Carroll scored, and it wasn't even yeah. a headed goal. It wasn't like <laughs> yeah. a set piece headed goal. That's so funny, like yeah. that it was. He hit it with his fucking foot, and it He's went. Been, every year, he he just has to remind everyone that he is still alive and he is still employed by somebody in the Premier League. But yeah, man, I'll ask you the same question, <laughs> Lester. Man, is this the year that they make top four again? And you know what? I literally in my notes have exactly what JD said. The fact that this team no longer relies on a one-trick pony system like it is like in years past where if Vardy is not on the score sheet, if Vardy is not involved in all of the offensive production, Leicester aren't going to perform. Nope, this is a team that is finding little bright lights all over the pitch. I mean, 
the fact that you can lose the defensive firepower that you've had over the last few years and still have one of the better defenses in the league. Indeed, he might be one of the best holding midfielders in not only England, but might be across the world for the amount of hustle he puts on the field. He's, in my opinion, looked at in the same eyes a lot of people look at N'Golo Conte, just a guy who just has an endless work engine that puts out all the fires that are pushing towards the Leicester goal. And that's exactly it. Harvey Barnes, you know, Albrighton, you know, you have Madison. You have guys on this lineup who can actually score and provide offensive production, not just throw long balls to, you know, Red Bull energy himself up front. Like, it's something to really look at. And you know what? I think this team built in the right places where, you know what? I think they have what it takes to stay in the top four this year. Hmm. I agree. I think this team is very good. Um, the young players are getting better. Your Tielemans is one of the best midfielders. I, I I think they might have the best up there with one of the best midfields in the entire Premier League, like starting wise. Like Ndidi, Tielemans, and Madison. They, I mean, like you have everything in that midfield. You have the box to box guy in, in Yuri Tielemans, who who is a good deep line playmaker. You have the upfront creativity with Madison. You have the deep line just guy that's just going to get in there and tackle everybody. He's not going to let anybody pass him. And, Didi and, and they're all young. I think in, I think the average age of that midfield is like 24, I think. So they have years and years and years in front of them. And if Lesser want to sell, which we, as we all know, they're, they're not shy doing they that. They will. <laughs> they, could get, they, could, they would get 60 mil minimum for any of those three. Minimum. 60 to 70 mil. Easily. So... Leicester are set up so well for the future. Um, this team is dangerous. Watch out for them. They they are just a fucking good team. And yeah, they don't rely on Vardy anymore, which is the biggest thing. Because for years, they've always, like you guys said, they've always relied on Vardy. And this year, they don't do that anymore. They don't need to rely on Vardy. They have other players that can score. And Vardy just seems more like a luxury than anything. Like Vardy just seems like, oh, whenever we need him, we can try to rely on him. But they don't... That's not like their plan A, B, and C is to just rely on him, which is very good for Leicester. But let's move on to the game that a lot of people want us to, want us to talk about. It got it got the people talking on Twitter. City and Chelsea ended three one in favor of the citizens. Expected goal said City winning three point one eight to point six nine. Chelsea had more possession though, fifty five percent to forty five. Not usually do City get out possessed, but. Sitting at twice the amount of shots, 18 to 9, and three times the amount of shots on target, 6 to 2. Gundogan, Foden, and Kevin De Bruyne scoring. Fun fact goes Kevin De Bruyne's first goal for one play this season, which is kind of crazy, but them's are the truth. JD, Fat Frank, huh? Chelsea, what the um, fuck is going on yeah, there? Yeah, Frank Lampard's days are numbered at Chelsea. And it's a long time coming. I mean, I've been thinking about this for a while. I, there, there's no way. That if if they stay like this with the amount of money they've spent, Frank Lampard will not be managing Chelsea next season. If I mean if they don't make top four, forget about it. But even if they get fourth place and they look like dog shit, which is what they've looked like, Grant with the caliber of players that they have, I mean, there's no way. I I I think this comes down to Manchester City finally just starting Phil Foden. Just start him every week. He's he's the best. He, he's the best player in that position that you have. Fucking start him every week. He had in a goal position? and an assist. Like 
attacking midfield. Better than Kevin De Bruyne. No, you no no no. You play two attacking midfield. You pay don't don't play you got uh you got Gundogan. I know he, I know Foden played on the wing. I'm saying De Bruyne and Foden in the two center mid positions, and then you have Rodri behind. You do the one the one two with the yeah. midfield. I think that's their best way to play. And then and then you have Sterling and Aguero if he's fit and yeah. whoever yeah, else yeah, in the fucking yeah. wing. Not Bernardo Silva. He's been trash, but uh, Ferran Torres probably. I I just. I don't know. Man City was way better than Chelsea, and I I saw that coming. I just it showed. I sure they had less possession, but they outshot them. They outshot them on target. I they I, it was just better. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It, Chelsea are dog shit right now. It it was a brutal ass whipping, and it's honestly like Chelsea got a pity goal at the end there, and in the ninety second minute by Hudson Odoi. This game, Matt. This game could have ended like five to six nil. Honestly, City were just that much better than Chelsea. They were that much clinical. They were that much more clinical. They were all over Chelsea, especially in the second half. This game could have got ugly, dude. And I know you wanted to go in on Mr. Fat Frank, so I will. I will let you go on the big boy. Uh, Lampard out? Question mark. Um, before we get to Lampard out, I want to just give a shout out mm-hmm. to one of our listeners. Um, from what I've heard, he's been listening to the EPL boys since you know you guys created it so shout out to pep guardiola for listening to us last week on free phil foden (laughs) um you know it's amazing we 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 say free phil foden he ends up in the starting lineup he ends up getting a goal and an assist i don't know guys i mean i that's i just i'm reading what i'm seeing and that's i can't that's that's all i can say um yeah um and you know what's the saddest part about you know what's going on right now with Chelsea is what's that Conte played a holding midfielder position Werner played down the middle Pulisic played the position he wanted to play and this team still is not clicking which yeah means, was, which is I, just I was saying is, that in discord that it was like we've been preaching this whole fucking time to just play the the players in in their right positions and then they do and this is what happened. I just I it's he's just it's just bad the thing about it is and like this is like what you kind of see from teams at like when coaches are just on their way out the door where you know the talent is there the effort is there but that the will like the will to want to do the little bit extra, make that just that that little bit of an earlier challenge, that little bit earlier of a pass, that one extra stride, just isn't there in this Chelsea side. Like I was talking with a couple of buddies who are Chelsea fans, and they're just sitting here and they're telling me they've never seen this team so lifeless. And the last time I remember someone saying that was me talking to a Manchester United fan after we lost against Liverpool the days before Josie got fired. It was like, I just don't remember seeing a team give so little in such a big game. And, you know, Mm. you guys have already described it, dude. I feel like the writing's on the wall. I mean, I've been saying it. I've been quoted on other people's podcasts that have had me on for their EPL uh, preview shows. And I've said, and I've gotten laughed at that Big Frank has the most pressure out of all the coaches in the Premier League this season because of the amount of money that he was given. He was given literally a blank checkbook and was able to go all over the world and buy whoever the hell he wanted. And I'm telling you right now, Chelsea have fired their managers for a whole lot less than kind of looking okay. So yeah, I just I, and you know what? It's going to be really sad if Big Frank's really knocking on uh, the boss's door asking for a few additional dollars to help him out through the January transfer window. Um, I just 
I, I dude, I worry for this Chelsea side because if they don't get their shit together soon, you know, because Mendy might be Kepa 2.0 by accident. Like, it sounds crazy, but like some of those saves, like, you gotta make them, my man. Like, you got, you gotta. I just, I, dude, there's so many questions on this Chelsea side. Like, it's just every single player. I mean, if you're looking at the player ratings, first of all, give a shout mm-hmm. out. The only player on Chelsea who had a good player rating this week, Christian Pulisic. Everyone else looked like garbage. I can't, I can't say anymore. I really can't. Yeah, uh, that's that's really all that can be said about Chelsea. This, this, uh, at least right now with how they've been performing, they are currently only three points ahead of Arsenal. So that's not good considering Wild. how much we've we've been clowning on Arsenal and Chelsea do not have a game in hand. They are on the same games played, and they is, are only uh, three points br- ahead. What it is um is Max Allegri on speed dial on Roman Abramovich's phone? I think he should be, and I I I, I remember saying this. I believe I I don't know if I said this on the podcast, but I've been saying it um at least from from this season as soon as you know seeing all the transfers that. She, I think that Chelsea have to get top four or else Frank's gone. Because with how much money that you spend, you're expected to at least get top four and play in the Champions League. Like, Timo Werner and Kai Havertz, they didn't come to this team to play in the Europa League. They didn't. Especially not for the fees. No. Um, same yeah, thing no. Is, Same thing with Chilwell. Like, Chilwell left um, Leicester, and now Leicester are looking like more of a top four challenger than Chelsea are. And, and that's not with the point of spending 200-something million on players is to get to the top four and play in the Champions League. Like, that's not going to be good. And Mr. Mister Blank Check, Mr. Roman Abramovich, is not going to be too happy about that. And I think Frank's ass is grass if that is the case. Um, Really, Chelsea were just all over... Or, excuse me, City were just all over Chelsea. I don't know where this narrative that Chelsea are now, like, in the title race, as if they were never out of it, honestly. I don't really know where that narrative kind of came from. I don't... I don't get it. I think City have always been. I think City have always been in the title race. They've just been a few games behind because of scheduling conflicts and stuff like that. So they're starting to rear their ugly head right whenever you know it. It's looking bad for other teams. And yeah, it, with all their striker woes, they played De Bruyne as like a false nine in this game, and it fucking worked. Because Kevin De Bruyne in a false nine is a problem. <laughs> He's good in that position, and C- City are. Very scary going forward. Last game, though. Let's end it on a bad note for me and JD. Southampton beat Liverpool 1-0 in St. Mary's Park. Expected goals had Liverpool winning 1.37 to 0.5. Liverpool had 67% possession. Uh, to Southampton's 33. 17 shots to 7 and 1 shot on target. Two Southampton's 3. Danny Ings scored and Liverpool did not play very well. JD, I will let you get some stuff off your chest because I feel as though you have some things to say. <laughs> Look. When uh-huh. is a top-flight league going to de-incentivize teams to play like Southampton played today? Southampton have a great team. They did not play like how, like they usually play. They played like they were afraid. At all times, there were at least six or seven players in their own box. That is playing like cowards. Truly. I, I, I was so dis- I was so disappointed in how Liverpool played. They did not play well. They did not deserve to win this game. But it doesn't help that the team you're facing, a good team, just sits back and just tries to block everything. I mean, sorry, I shouldn't say it like that. They just block everything, but they, they offer nothing going forward. 
I mean, they scored in the second minute on a, on a set piece that Trent fucking bottled. That's all it comes down to. And, and it was a great goal. I'm not taking anything away from that. But if, if you want to be a good team, you got to not play like Southampton played today. I, I just, and I'm I, truly, I'm not saying Liverpool deserved to win. They didn't. But I hate the way that Southampton played. I hate that that is a standard tactic. Just, I, I, I just fucking hate it. But then uh, y- you have these, you have some of these no calls. And I, I, I was saying it all day after the game. I mean, Mane goes down, Mane gets taken out in the box. He does. Kyle Walker-Peters takes him out, takes his legs out. It's a fucking stone cold penalty. And I just, I, there's no difference to the Paul Pogba penalty. If you were going to call that penalty on Paul Pogba, Mane's penalty was more of a penalty. I, I just, I, I, I cannot be dissuaded against that. And then there's the handball call. This entire season, handballs have been called for penalties for way less than what, what happened there. I mean, you have the Southampton defender with not not his arm extended, but half of his arm out, and he blocks the shot with his hand. Blatant. I cannot believe that that wasn't called. I just, I, I'm so disappointed in a lot of things, mostly with Liverpool's overall performance, but I just, some of the, some of the refereeing in this, I, I just, I, it, it's, it's unbelievable. It's just, it, it's so inconsistent, and I, I just, I can't believe it. Matt? What was your okay, thoughts rant on this game? No, I mean, uh, here's the thing. This goes back to kind of like what I said last week. If if you're Liverpool, I'm still not worried. If I'm Liverpool, it's kind of like one of those things where, you know what? You did everything. You did everything correct today. When you guys started the second half today, you started it off owning almost 85, almost 90% possession at the beginning of the second half. You can't do much more. Your goal scoring form is going to come back. When you're Liverpool, eventually, it's all going to just flood at once, and I'm calling it now. Unfortunately, I don't, I'm, I don't, I'm hoping it's not Man United. Me saying it out loud now, guaranteed Liverpool find their scoring boots against Man United. But this, I, I, I agree with JD. There needs to be a level of consistency when you're calling penalties. Um, there are plenty of calls throughout the weekend, but you know we'll bring up the Paul Pogba one. It's a lighter challenge that led to a penalty. Still think it's a penalty, but it's a light challenge. You have to carry that same level of consistency into this game. Whether whether it is the foul on Monet, the handball, I cannot believe the handball did not get called. I can't believe it wasn't reviewed for more than like 10 seconds. I'm sitting here like, I feel like this like play should be stopped. Why are like we rushing to get the rest of the game going? That was an obvious handball. He made, if his arm isn't stuck out, that ball, I don't know if it hits the net, but the ball's trajectory completely stops with his hand being out like that. That needs to be called. There needs to be a level of consistency in VAR. That, I, I can't say it enough, and I stress it enough. I, JD and I both follow the MLS. The one thing JD I can say, clear as day, is VAR isn't great in the MLS, but can you at least say it's consistent throughout the league? Every call seems to be at the same level, and referees are held. Oh, yeah. And referees are held yeah. to keeping things at least neutral. If a red card isn't being called in D.C., it's not that that same challenge is not going to be a red card in Orlando. But yet in the Premier yeah. League, which is the top league in the world, financially, eyes on the prize, like people around the world stop to watch the English Premier League. I can barely get friends to watch the MLS here in the United States of America. 
But yet the refereeing system over here is a world better than the best league in the world, quotation marks. Like, that's the, that's the biggest problem I have from a game like this. I do give my credit to Southampton. You know, they played the way they played and they got the result. They got lucky. Some teams don't have that ability to sit back for 85 minutes and hold a one nothing lead. I'm looking at you, Josie Mourinho. I'm talking along the lines of, but if you're Liverpool, the goals eventually are going to come. They're going to come. This result sucks. I, I'm telling you right now, I've seen this result over the last few years being a Manchester United fan. People, pa people back the box and they make you break them down. And it's not fun. It's not fun to watch. So... I, I, I know me talking about it means nothing to either of you guys, but I do feel for you guys because <laughs> I've seen it. I've seen it. I've lived it. it. It happens. But yes, I think the biggest story to come from this game is there needs to be a level of consistency in VAR. We appreciate the sentiment. Yeah, I, I agree with you guys about the VAR shit with, with the with the handball. It's it's just like if, if you're going by what, what has been called as a handball throughout the entire season, then it is, in fact, a handball that just end, end all be all. Um, I want to talk more about Liverpool because I think this was a trash, trash performance by Liverpool. I don't, I think that the, 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 uh, the sentiment Liverpool did everything right is, could not be further from correct in my opinion. Um, just like two minutes in, you have Trent marking their highest score on a, on a free kick, which is, Talhampton is probably their most dangerous way to score and that's it. And like Allison is just caught out of position so poorly because, only one like it's it's so poorly defended, and like it's just embarrassing. We only have two. I mean, we, we, I guess that's what happens whenever you have two CDMs playing center backs. I guess it's kind of what happens because Henderson and Fabinho had to play center back, which is not good, not good for Liverpool. And just offensively, man, forty three crosses, forty three crosses. I'm I'm so sick of just seeing all these crosses just come in. And there's no football playing being played through the middle because Liverpool, right now, are the most predictable out of any top six team. They are the most predictable because over the last three or four games, it's just been cross, 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 cross. Hope, hope the people score, and that's really it. And it's like whenever you have forwards that aren't really big, solid money, that's not really gonna work. Whenever you're fucking crossing in forty three fucking times, like Southampton, they played exactly how they should play to win this game. I completely disagree with you, JD, about how like they shouldn't be, they should be like whatever for playing this way. They got three points out of it. It doesn't fucking matter. They they They're won. Cowards. Liverpool cannot break them down because Liverpool were not better than them. That's what matters. Liverpool had one shot on target from seventeen shots. That's what matters. Why will we not change the way that we play whenever teams are obviously going to go and play a low block against us? Where's Alanda going to? No. For the entire game. Who knows? Whenever we allow them to score within two minutes, yeah, they probably are. That doesn't fucking help. We're going to have such an issue with breaking down low blocks anyway that giving them a 1-0 lead within two minutes, it, I mean, it's just going to kind of incentivize them to play that way anyway. So I I don't get why. And, like, and the midfield too, man. This is what annoys me the most. The midfield is set up so well to play such good, fluid, beautiful football through the middle of the pitch, and yet we have... We just don't do it. We just cross the whole fucking time. Like, Thiago is sitting in between the center backs, man. That's not what we signed him for. We signed him to be like a like a number eight playmaking passer, and he's just sitting there, like, shielding the center backs, man. Oh, I hated that performance. I couldn't no, stand I, it. The, no, we signed Thiago. No, no, no. Thiago is going to show himself how good. Like, he's going to show how good he is in the Champions League when, when teams aren't going to be cowards. Like this Southampton team was. 
look, we had one shot on target from 17 shots. That doesn't count the eight block shots that were probably goal bound. Now, yeah, yeah, good on Southampton for blocking those shots, but that's what happens when half of the team is in the box at all times. You're going to get a fuck ton of block shots. I I can't say it enough. It, 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 it's. Yes, Why are Liverpool, Liverpool getting better shots? Very that, bad today. Why are Liverpool shooting what? at like three or four different people, though? That's the thing. Why are Liverpool selling for that bad of shots? Why? Because no, because that's all they have. Because you because can't, you allowed you a goal within two minutes. Five players that's in the why. box. You can't dribble around around you five players in the box. You allow a goal within two minutes, and then they sit the fuck back because you're marking shit because you're Cowardly. not playing well. That's coward. It's a win, dude. They're if cowards. Liverpool in the same way, you wouldn't say a fucking thing. Same. Liverpool. They don't would, play that way though. But they don't if, play that if way. If it's a win, then what the fuck does it matter? They won. Who cares? Oh we weren't better than them. So I because we don't know how to fucking break do down this. a low block. So because we, yeah, they they do it against us because we can't break it down. And it showed in this game. It showed against Newcastle. And it showed against West Brom. We can't break it down. So and it's gonna keep happening unless we make some changes. Either buying an actual striker that can score from crosses, or and or just fucking like not crossing forty three times. I don't know. I don't know. But. We got what we deserved. We did not deserve anything more than a loss in this game, in my opinion. So, I actually have a question for you guys. So, just, like, mm-hmm. with everything going on, the you know, this is now a period where Liverpool have gone goalless for the longest period in time since Jurgen Klopp has taken over as manager. Mm-hmm. You had poor performances from, you know, some of your stars across the field. Alexander-Arnold turned the ball over for the most times in one game compared to anyone else in the league this season. You know, you're not... Mm-hmm. And you guys have described, you guys have said everything. Honestly, you guys have gone really into it. The amount of crosses being thrown in to people below six feet tall. Like, with all the, like, consistent issues and everything that seem to be rising to the surface and the straight results of drop points... At what point, now I'm not saying we're hitting the panic button, but at what point are we <laughs> starting to hover our hand over the panic button? Like, we're not, we're, oh, no, I'm, we're not, I'm hand over panic button. You're, you're, I think I'm hand over panic button. I'm getting there. If we don't, if we don't make good moves in January, I think it's fully pressed. I think January is really what it comes down to. I said this before, if we don't buy a center back, we're not winning anything this year. And I really, truly believe that. Um, and I don't know if it's going to be just a center back because defensively it's not really been the issues. I mean, it's really been offensively, which is kind of crazy, and it could just be bad form. But I, I, and I said this again last week against, well, not last week, but a couple weeks ago against West Brom. That it's, it's, I, I just think it's a, a good bit of it is down to our reluctancy to change anything going forward, like other than like what we've always done against any team, regardless of how they're playing or anything like that. I think is really what it comes down to. And I, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm getting there. I'm not really fully panicked just because how fucking open the league is. Like, United could find shit for him, City could find shit for him, and Liverpool could win, like, four in a row. Like, who knows? You know what I mean? Like, this <laughs> this season has been so up and down that I don't have any fucking clue how it's going to look in a month. Like, I, I genuinely don't. So, because of that, I'm I'm not fully panicked yet, but I am getting a little concerned currently with the way the Liverpool's been playing, I will have to say. And, JD, what about you? I mean, are, are we is our hand over the panic button yet? Dude, I hit the panic button two months ago when Pickford murdered Van, Van Dyke. Rest in peace. May he rest, rest in peace. peace. I, I, rest in peace. Rest in May peace. he rest in peace. Seriously, I when that happened, I was like, "Holy shit, this season is not going to be comfortable." I, 
because when you with, with Van Dyke, what you have is security. It doesn't matter who's playing next to him, whether it's Gomez, Matip, fucking an academy player. It doesn't matter. Van Dyke allows the front three to have security, where they're not they're not every game thinking, oh, we have to score two. No, with Van Dyke there, they're like, okay, we'll score when we're able to, you know, because we're probably not going to let in that many goals. I, I think that's the bigger issue. And then it doesn't help that Gomez is injured, Matt Tipp's injured on and off. And then also Diogo Jota is, you know, out now for probably another month. Uh, I mean, that doesn't help where we can't even rotate the front three. Uh, it's I my my hand I, I hit the panic button as soon as Van Dyke went down. I I watched that challenge and I I knew it was going to be out the season and it, it's yeah yeah it, it's incredible that Liverpool are even in the position they're in. So yeah yeah especially considering that we have no senior center backs at the moment none at all which is great because matchups hurt I like always so yeah um not great for liverpool dropping points in the third straight game uh over the last three games they've gotten two points and now the title race is completely blown all the way wide open but those are all the games we had some really good ones some really funny ones and some really depressing ones from for pretty much all the fans but let's move on we have some hot takes to get through though we got some hot takes in the uh in the in the recaps but now let's let's go with some other hot takes i want to go first and I truly do believe this. I think I think Saka is the best youngster in the entire Premier League. I think he's better than Foden, and I think he's better than Greenwood. Oh, I mean, I, I well, Greenwood doesn't. Start, I was about to say so. Greenwood Greenwood doesn't start, but you know what? I, I you know what? I, I I could see it after us now, like me having a second to actually like compose what you just said. I could see it because Phil yeah. Phil Foden doesn't get consistent playing time. Greenwood barely gets any playing time at all. And Sokka's yeah. the only game in game out starter, so no, I I can see it. That's yeah. that, that's a and it's it's more just it's more than that too. Like whenever he plays, like he honestly he's been carrying Arsenal's offense. It's that too. Like whenever he plays, he's their best attacker. It's that as well. The fact that he's nineteen, he already looks really strong. He's intelligent. He's super athletic. He's just a really fucking good player, and he's only going to get better and better and better and better and better. So I don't know if that's really a hot hot take, but I I truly do believe this, and that w- that would definitely make a lot of my my Arsenal friends happy that I said that. But I I do believe it, and I would take Sokka over Foden in a heartbeat. Okay. Caliente takes. Um, JD, what is your hot take? Um, Man City are back. Okay. I I I think when you when you think of how Man City have played, sure they have two games in hand, but they. <laughs> They had. I've said this many times. They have failed to dazzle. They just. I. I mean, Aguero's been out. Gabriel Jesus has been out. Bernardo Silva fucking sucks. Sterling hasn't done shit. Foden should be starting, and when he does, he performs. But he doesn't start all the time. I. I think this week a, a, a comfortable three-one win over Chelsea. I think I think they'll use this. I think Kevin De Bruyne is going to take confidence from this. He's going to be he's just going to be playing as as best as he can now to his ability. And I, I think Manchester City are finally back. They're they're going to be really in the conversation for the title, as open as this league is right now at the top. I I I think a lot of people were writing Man City off just because they they were they were playing well. It's not it's not that. It's just they weren't playing as good as you think they should be. 
But I think this three one win over over Chelsea it, it was was very convincing, and I I think that's really going to kickstart their season as painfully as it like as painful as it as it is to say. Um, I think they're going to be a real title challenger. Hmm. Okay, Matt, what is your hot take? Oh, here we go, boys and girls. Matt's hot take of the week. Mm-hmm. If Arsenal continue this form with these mm-hmm. players and this style and this attitude and Arteta's system seems to work, Arsenal Football Club will finish above both Chelsea and Everton this year. <laughs> okay. I mean, honestly... I could totally see that because I think Chelsea are like one or two more bad performances from just exploding and Everton are Everton. So they just are always going to be failures. So I, 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 mean, I see Arsenal, it. If Arsenal get a snow game, every other game for the rest of the season, they might win the cha- They might win the title, but um, yeah, it might be GG, bro. I can see it fans. happening. I can see, see it happening. Okay. Well, here, here you go, Matt. If, if will. Matt, because that was kind of vague. What position? What All position? Right, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you to put a position okay. on this because that's that's a very vague hot take. Is what? Because that could be where they're at right now, or that could be first. We don't know. You know what? I looked at the Premier League table. I'm looking at it right now. Mm-hmm. The number eight speaks to me, mm-hmm. and I think Arsenal are just destined for that number eight spot. Because when I really look mm-hmm. at it, Liverpool is staying up. United is staying up. Leicester's going to stay up. Tottenham, City are going to stay up. I believe Southampton are going to stay up. And then I think Villa will finish that number seven spot. Mm-hmm. And then so you Arsenal think, you think Chelsea, it. Chelsea and Everton are going to finish outside the top eight? Absolutely. That's a pretty hot take, okay. actually. I, I, would, I, yeah. would no, that, I know. I'm, I'm not disagreeing that they're in on form, but like that's that's pretty hot. Yeah. That's that is that is the definition of a moy caliente take. But Matt, you actually now have your own segment that we have now come up with. Um, I don't know if we're gonna do it every single week or if we're gonna rotate it with our surprise. Yet to figure it out. But Matt, what is your new segment that you have come up with for the EPL Boys podcast? Ladies and gentlemen, it's been the moment you've all been waiting for. Since the second you've heard my voice, you knew it was coming. That's right, (laughs) boys and girls, from your favorite sports movie ever. That's right, I chose it for you. You can't go back. Pepper needs new shorts. The greatest color commentator in sports history. Yes, yes, you heard that correctly. A man by the name of Pepper Brooks. Yes, that's right, ladies and gentlemen, from the great movie Dodgeball comes Pepper Brooks. That's right. Pepper needs a new pair of shorts. And I'm telling you what he also needs. He needs us to tell us our unsung heroes of the weekend. Yes, that's right, boys and girls. They didn't get on the score sheet. They didn't assist that hat trick. They didn't keep that clean sheet. Yes, that's right. We're going to talk about some of the unsung heroes across the English Premier League who don't get the recognition or the credit they deserve just because they're not the one putting the ball in the net. I'm going to start it off. Yes, you are. And I am going to go with... I'm going to start off with a Manchester United player, and my goal is from now on to not go with one, see if I can split it up and keep myself from not just choosing United players every week. I'm going with Eric Bailly, and the reason why is this guy's been an absolute unit and probably the best safety net Manchester United's had now for about four straight games. Our back line looks completely secure. 
up against probably some of the best opponents we've seen all season, and it's because of Eric Bailly. Harry Maguire looks good because of Eric Bailly. Aaron Wan-Bissaka looks good because of Eric Bailly. This guy is not on the score sheet, but let's let's all be honest here. We all saw it. The game-saving challenge in the 95th minute to stop Aston Villa from getting the game-tying goal, which keeps Manchester United in the trophy hunt. Eric Bailly, my Pepper Brooks player of the week. Mm. I like how you say Bailly. You go Bailly. He's my Eric Bailly. I... I, I... I think he's your best center back. I'm going to be honest. Everybody is Manchester United's best center back whenever he plays, 100%. JD, who is your Pepper Brooks MVP of the week? It feels funny my, saying my that. Pepper Brooks, my Pepper Brooks MVP. Uh, I, I, I took a little bit of it of a different route. Mm-hmm. Um, I went the, the ouch down, the ouch town uh, population you bro route. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. Dan Burns from Brighton. Ouchtown population, you bro. Let's talk about Dan. Let's let's talk about Danny fucking Burns. Oh boy. Look, look. Unsung hero for my bro here gets it. He scores an own goal. He concedes a penalty. But you know what? That dude's got fucking fighting him. He was playing his ass off after that. All he wanted to do was was make it right for Brighton. And all I'll say is, even though that two of the goals were his fault, he almost scored. He almost scored for his team, not 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 Wolves. He almost scored for his team, and he just showed he just showed fight. He showed desire after those two instances. And I I, I feel bad for the guy. I feel bad for the guy. The own goal he was not his fault at all. Like come on, it, they, it, there's a lot of own goals that could be the defender's fault. That it came out of at the worst possible speed and angle. There's nothing he could do about that. The penalty is definitely his fault, but <laughs> he's going up against Adama Traore. You can't defend him. Adama Traore, Traore was my second. He he plays second in this list because of how well he played without scoring or assisting. And yeah, he's very I guess good we weren't that. supposed to pick somebody who scored or assisted, and technically Dan Burns did both of that for the other team. Because they count a penalty concession as or a penalty win as a, as an assist, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, I I just think Dan Burns had just had a rough day at the office. Danny Burns will be back. He'll be back firing next week. Not next week because there's no games. Hey, in two he weeks, was he'll be back unsung firing. Hero. He was the unsung hero for Wolves. Was he was Wolves. It's definitely sunk hero for there sure. There we go. I, I, I win. Danny fucking I love, Burns. I love your analogy that you went like, oh no, this is my ouch town population, you bro. <laughs> he did though. He did. He did after that though. You could tell he was. He was like playing for his boys. He was like, man, I fucked up. I gotta make. I gotta score to make it right. Like I just. Did. He almost scored. I know. He almost he, scored after that, bro. He was trying his ass off to score. <laughs> he really was. He's like, bro, I gotta make this shit right. Um, my insecure. I went a little bit different. I get no. Even though not really. Again, went with. I actually. I have two that I'm debating between i don't know which one i want to go with i I think i do i i guess i'll go with the other one as as an honorable mention pierre emil hoiberg for tottenham um just what i think is an unsung hero is just that that fucking that's that like box to box mid or like cdm anchor right does everything doesn't score assists so like everyone's like oh what did he do lol midfielder without a fucking goal or an assist you know what i mean but hoiberg 
He had a key pass. He completed three, all three of his dribbles. Drew three fouls, completed four out of his five tackles, and got two interceptions, which is a pretty good stat line. But the one I'm actually going to go with is one Danny Ceballos for Arsenal. Because Danny Ceballos had a fucking game against West Brom. Seven out of ten accurate long balls was just slinging them passes. Three key passes, completed all of his dribbles, made three out of his four tackles, and completed seven interceptions in, in helping anchor Arsenal to a 4-0 route over West Bromwich Albion. I think that is a textbook on some here performance because Ceballos did everything he could have except for score or assist or score an own goal, I guess. He was the rock for Arsenal in that game. Yes. Ten tackles and interceptions? God damn, man. And he was like, and he's like one of their most creative attackers, too. It's crazy. He is, in my opinion, the unsung hero of, of the weekend. Because I don't know where Arsenal's midfield would be without him. <laughs> he made Xhaka look like he was actually worth something. You know what and, I mean? And that right, He made Xhaka look like he matters. And that right and there would make him basically MVP of the season. If you can make Xhaka yeah, look I'm, good... That's it. Congratulations. Here's the trophy. Yeah. We just created it, but it's yours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. G- GG's. Yeah. Ballon d'Or. Come on. I mean, someone's got to win it. It's Lewandowski didn't, so you may as well give it to Sabios for making Xhaka look like if, a good if, footballer. If, if Modric, if Modric can win it, dude, I I always forget that Modric actually is now a fucking Ballon d'Or winner. I that's the craziest thing to me. <laughs> like we're gonna have to tell, yeah, like like we're like we're gonna have to tell our grandkids and great grandkids one day. Like in the era of oh. Ronald of Cristiano Ronaldo and Lionel Messi, there's this one midfielder who won best player of you know in the world while these two were both in their prime. Like for finishing runner up in the World Cup. Like okay, oh, okay. <laughs> And Robert right. Lewandowski didn't win it. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. For scoring. Like, I think that's... An unreal amount of goals. I think that's going to be the um, harder story to tell the grandkids. Like, now let me tell you the story about how the best player in the world didn't win the trophy. Yeah. I also had uh, Darren Randolph, the backup keeper for West Ham. We talked yes. about him earlier coming in. He he, he played... He, he had a good performance filling in for Fabianski's shoes. But those were our Pepper Brooks MVPs of the week. I think that's really funny. Good job, Matt. That was that's a good segment idea. Next Friday, though, next Friday's episode, there will not be any any previews because there are no games. Maybe we'll talk about some FA Cups. JD will have a little bit of gambling to talk about, so you know he'll probably he'll probably throw you guys some some FA Cup parlays for sure. But we're actually gonna do another little transfer episode. We we did one earlier in the the season, uh, recapping all the summer transfers. Now we're gonna do a, a top six or big six quotation mark preview for these upcoming or i guess we're in it january transfer window um it's just going to be kind of a uh an episode talking about each of the big six you know tottenham everton not everton tottenham liverpool city united <laughs> arsenal and chelsea i don't know why i said everton's second of all fucking teams um just talking about who we think that they should target who we think that they will target what would be a good buy what they need all that it's going to be a great episode. We're going to talk about some transfers that we will hopefully like to see for our favorite clubs and all the clubs of our rivals, so it's kind of weird, but, you know, it's it's what the people want. And, yeah, I feel like it's going to be great. love talking about transfers. It's actually one of my favorite things pretty much in football in general It's just talking about transfers, trying to figure it out. But that's going to be the episode this week. Definitely keep your eyes put Friday. We'll probably do fan questions as well, so get your fan questions in at the EPL Boys on Twitter and Instagram. We might start a Facebook. Don't know. That's in the works. But if we do, definitely peep the socials for that. For Matt and JD, we love and appreciate every single one of y'all. 
Have a safe weekend as I drop my pen. And or have a safe week, and we will see y'all on Friday. Peace out. It was a soft penalty. <laughs> it was a <laughs> part. It was not a penalty, but uh, not a penalty, but uh, yeah. Peace out. <laughs>